Welcome everyone, it's so good to see so many of you out. If you're at the back, if you want to come in and get yourself a seat. Church, if you want to stand, we're going to start with some praise and worship. Thank you. 
Amen. Thank you, church. You can take your seats just before Pastor Matt and Athena come up. There's a few things that we want to highlight. Personally, first, I would like to say thank you um, to everybody that was involved this morning in Alas's dedication and for simply being here as well on behalf of Rebecca, myself, and little Elias. We had a, a great morning here in church, so just thank you, church, if you were a part of that, um, making that happen or even just being here. We really do appreciate that. Um, on Tuesday coming, Staros. Staros is a ministry. Um, which is primarily for, uh, t- for support. It's, it's there as a group of people who simply meet together and they meet together on Tuesday morning in this building at half 10. They come, they the eat, they have tea and coffee together, um, they share um, their kind of requests with each other and then they'll pray together. This Tuesday they're having an open meeting. So if you wanna go down and see what that's all about, then we encourage you to come down on Tuesday morning and join in and come and see what Staros is all about. And Tuesday night we have Encounter, we have the prayer meeting. Um, I'm gonna be sharing a short thought on prayer before we gather to pray together um, as the church. And we really encourage you, if you're saved, if you're a believer, it's vital that you pray with the church. There's, it's so important in, in your walk that you pray with the church, with God's people. We heard during the summer that there's biblical foundation for that, and we really do encourage you to be here on Tuesday night. We don't keep anybody long. We don't ask you to pray out loud. We don't make you do anything that you don't want to do, but we just simply encourage you, come along and pray with us. Tuesday night at 7.30. Um, on Wednesday night, I'm carrying on with prayer, carrying on with our nights of prayer this Wednesday night. Um, the meeting room there will be open from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. for those who would like to drop in and pray. You can come and stay for as little time as you want or as long as you want. It's really up to you. The door's open, the opportunity's there, and we encourage you to come and to pray with the church again on Wednesday. On Thursday, it's our present wrapping day. We have nearly 200 gifts that we need to wrap for the kids um, of the community, the kids of the church. And so if you're available on Wednesday, we're beginning that in here at 9.30 a.m. So the church will be open from 9.30 a.m. If you're free, please would you come down, would you wrap a few presents for us? Listen, if, if wrapping isn't your forte, if you don't consider yourself a professional, that's all right, because we're not either. We just need people who are willing to come. And so if that's you, then anytime from 9.30, the whole day the church is going to be open. If you could come down and wrap a few presents, we would really appreciate that. If you're going to be later in the day, maybe 4 o'clock onwards, just drop Rebecca Hughes a message and let her know and she can let you know then what sort of progress we've made and things like that. Um, so her number is on the back of the at a glance, which you can get at the info desk. And Friday night, again, we need willing people who have breath in their lungs. Um, because on Friday night, Tesco Balogun Martin have invited us to come and sing some carols on behalf of the church. They're kindly allowing us to raise money for our Christmas project. And we sat in the staff meeting last week and basically said, we don't have enough money for our Christmas project. So we would really appreciate if you would come on Friday night and help us with that. So it's from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. 
doesn't matter if you're the most talented singer or if you don't have a note in your head. Listen, as long as you're there and you're willing, we would really appreciate if, if anybody would come and would sing carols with us. Could you simply just let me know? Everybody will be given a wee copy of the words. You don't need to know them off the top of your head. Nothing like that. And we'll have a few people leading the group. But yes, if you're free, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on Friday night, we really appreciate your help. So come and see myself after the service. Church, tonight we're having the conversation and the subject is faith and family. And I wonder if you would join me in welcoming Pastor Matt and Athena to the platform as they come and share. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for being here tonight. So it's a very important football match on at seven o'clock. So if we cut this meeting short, he said, can't believe on the night that England are playing, I've asked my wife to speak. And then I was like, well, I told her there was a football match on another one. And I'm like, no, love, this is an important one. Thank you for being here for the conversation. Uh, we're doing these once a month, uh, just as a different way of just doing church uh, with people that there are, you can send us in some questions and stuff if you would like to. But really, it's just a more informal way of just talking church uh, and life that just hopefully will encourage uh, some people tonight. And so we thought we would do faith and family. So I thought I would bring the best person up that I know to talk about family with me. And this may well be the longest conversation me and her have had in a while, to be honest here. <laughs> because we, we sort of, we, we don't come to church together. We don't travel together to come to church. So I thought now she's here. And really, I've never been more nervous speaking than I am tonight. <laughs> But because you could really drop me in it, couldn't you? Kate? So, so I should give us a, a wee introduction and then um, we've been married for 25 years. We met 27 years ago at Bible College in England. So Athena came all the way to England uh, to find a husband, sorry, to, uh, to go to Bible College. We met, we met in a prayer meeting at Bible college, you don't get any more spiritual than that, but you, you do find the best wives at Bible, yeah, you do find the best wives at Bible college. So we have been, uh, I fell in love with Athena, uh, and then I came to Belfast and fell in love with Belfast as well. And so I've been here from 1998, so that's like nearly 25 years. You'd think they would let me home now, wouldn't you? And stuff. So we have two children, Ruth and Abigail, and do you want to add anything? Lovely? He never told you the part where he was the window cleaner of Bible College. Oh, okay, drop me in and just... every week, instead of washing the windows, he used to come up the ladder to talk to me, to try and ask me out. That's how he did it. He forgot to tell you all that. You got to do what you got to do. Do you know what I mean? So. Yes, to be fair, now, I remember the first time you offered to make me a cup of coffee, and it was the last time, because Athena never makes coffee. So she made me a cup of coffee with three teaspoons of coffee in it and handed it to me. And of course, I was trying to impress her. You didn't want to turn around. On the ladder. Drink. So, oh, yeah, to kind of say I was up two stories on a ladder drinking this coffee, and I never slept the whole night. I woke up twitching because of the coffee. And stuff. So we met and then we got married and then what we wanted to do to, to, tonight was really just talk about family because 
And we've talked about this before, when we come and do these conversations, I'm always a little bit put off because you never want to come across to people as, um, we're the Davis family, you know, we eat organic food and pray three times, uh, you know, a day. Just, but we wanted to be people that uh, always are real with people. I think that's a thing in church here that we want to be real. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about when we were doing this. And at that point, on that Saturday, do you remember, we were taught and it was like, there just seemed to be everything that had gone wrong and that was challenging the two of us, whether it be church or work or family. And I thought, what do we get up and say to these people, you know, on the Sunday night, didn't we? And we just wanted yeah, to... Yeah, I, I, I think um, realizing that there's not one single perfect family yeah. um, in here tonight. And if there is, could you, could you please give me advice, you know? because there's no written book anywhere because we are human and we are all different and God has created us that way. Yeah. And so we're coming from that point of view that um, we are not the perfect family. However, we've managed to get our girls to 19 and 16. So we think we're doing pretty well so far until maybe tomorrow. <laughs> You know, but to be fair, that probably credit of getting them to that age is down to you because when I, when my kids were young, I was the one that sort of slammed their fingers in the car door and things like that, and you know, and just the disaster that, that kids, you know, are and stuff, isn't it? But when we talked about family, we, we said tonight we would do three things. The first one is the the, the Bible verse was the grounding. What is the the Bible? Because we feel that is foundational. For, for family. And then the second thing was uh, some questions that we wanted to answer. And then the third, the life lessons that we have learned maybe in, in, in our marriage with our family, in church. Because I think at times, you know, we, we, we carry, we wear different hats sometimes. It's, you know, to be a husband and father and pastor. And, you know, we talked about mother you know, and, you know, just the wife and the involvement that you have in church and, and sometimes wearing all of those different things, you know. We just wanted to be helpful to encourage people as well, didn't we? So the first question we wanted to, to answer was because we felt this was the grounding, which was probably the, the Bible verse or the, the you know, the, the foundational thing that we had got individually, you know, as far as the life first that we probably built our life upon was probably the... the... Yeah, for, for me, it was... Um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in Joshua 24, 15. And that's my heart's desire. And sometimes our kids go in their own direction. Sometimes we have to guide them back. And sometimes we have to leave them in God's hands. And, you know, Lamentations 3, 22 to 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And then for me, it's realizing I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not alone. Yes, there's Matt. Yes, there's the girls. But I've got my God, who is his steadfast love is never ceasing. And he's with me because really if I look at my background and where I came from and who I was, I'm, I'm really you know, one of those kids who came from a pretty dysfunctional family in terms of really they say that it goes on from generation to generation. And that they call these things aces. You, you have so many aces and you're more likely to die 
later on in life or earlier in life well i've got loads of aces and the aces like might be um, a family member was in prison or uh, you might have an ace that um, somebody was on medication or maybe you didn't grow up with your mother you know so whenever god came into my life at the age of 16 and just totally wiped away all those aces and says do you know what i decide when you're gonna live i've got the beginning and i've got the end i'll make those decisions in your life so what the world may say about me those aces didn't matter anymore in the sense that yes my mom died when i was two yes i came from that family yes my granny and granda looked after me yes i wasn't from the same kind of family that maybe everyone else was from but do you know what was really really lovely when, my, when i received god as my lord or jesus as my lord and savior then i realized you know what he takes that brokenness and he takes that family and he's given me a new family and he's given me you as my family you know but i could talk all night sorry matt your turn that's what i don't mind uh, it's now 6 56 thank you everybody for coming tonight <laughs> If you'll come, I'll finish. What's <laughs> no, your favourite verse, Ian, no, Pastor? No, uh, probably my verse is Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And uh, probably all the way through, not just... Uh, I mean, I never expected to be a pastor. I, I was more shocked than anybody. You might still be shocked that I am. But <laughs> I never... You know, I wish I'd listened more at Bible college, to be fair. Because when I came out of Bible college, we came and worked with the goat kids down at the rock centre. And my calling really was to children and young people. And, um, and then I, I, I sort of, we, we looked at this and we talked about, remember when we were at Bible college, you, 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 all, the, we were, it was out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, like, I mean, when I say out in the middle of nowhere, it was like, there was nothing near it. So the only thing you could do was walk go for a walk and talk and and because in the bible college you weren't allowed any physical contact you weren't allowed to hold hands with your girlfriend or you know we good night kiss or anything like that so you had to go for a walk to, to hold hands and all that just to <laughs> too much information up. no i'm just saying so i can remember us going for a walk and talking about the future and uh, as you did because you know i think we both knew we wanted to do ministry but athena had a calling on her life to be a teacher and there was never that's all you would wanted to do but i i didn't really have an idea of them working with kids and young people and it ended up with go kids and then ended up in bethshan and then obviously in 2001 uh the church asked me to be the church work come on board as a church worker and stuff and i thought and it sort of led into becoming a pastor and you know and I, you know though i am delighted and i love this you know i was more shocked but i've learned to hold on to god's when whenever you put your life into god's hands you can't keep taking it back you can't keep saying i don't like where i'm going here it's back to me and stuff i think when we put it into his hands that that was us and there were some difficult times in the very early days and stuff and times we probably wanted to go away and do something and and we thought god what, what are you doing but we just sort of held on to that faithfulness and it, it's that that has probably kept us probably and still here and because i think i've said before that you know not only is it's it's not about my perseverance or our perseverance but it's about god's faithfulness 
And I've just seen that time and time again uh, in, in our lives. And that's why we hold on to this, that, that God is faithful. And whatever your circumstance or situation is tonight, and as, as he's simply encouraging you in what you're going through, that God is faithful. You know, he has promised, so, so he is faithful uh, and stuff. So, so we're there. So, so we move on to one of the questions because uh, she's got a full notebook here. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and just so we, we we did the life verses, but we wanted to ask some questions because we we wanted to encourage families, and so we we written four questions, and you can text some questions. But the first question is this: If you could encourage families and people here in their journey, what would you say? Okay, so you have all these big dreams for your children and you have all these things in your head that you think the way it's going to go and it doesn't always go that way. However, what I have always stuck with, I remember going to Care for the Family and listening to Rob Parsons speak and he said, you have up until the age of about 10 or 11 to really, really influence, right? Now, that doesn't mean I can't influence my kids now because I can but they're the years where they look to you and you th they think you're absolutely wonderful. That they don't feel cringeworthy around you. So up until that age, I had those years to pray for my kids. I still pray for them now. But to do it and sit with them at their bedsides. To read the Bible with them every night. You know, my daughters will read their Bible, but they'll not do it with me. And maybe your family does do that all together, but for me, it, what Rob Parsons said actually was what came to pass in our family. So if I can give you advice, if you have younger children, really input into their lives in those early, early years. Pray over them. Read the Word of God to them. Talk about the Word of God. Now, I'll sit at the dinner table and I'll, something will maybe come up, but I use it as a wee opportunity and they'll go, here we go again. You know, my girls will say. But I'll tell you what, though. When it came to big life decisions to be made with Ruth and Abigail, it's 12 o'clock at night they come in to me and they'll say, Mommy, I need to talk to you. Now, he's his hearing aids out. <laughs> and he thinks he does all the parenting. <laughs> he doesn't hear a thing that goes on, thank goodness. The conversations that we have. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to keep my eyes open at 12 o'clock at night when they want to have the conversations as teenagers and even as a 19-year-old. And I'm like, before I used to go, what do you want? Here we go, and roll my eyes. No. Whereas, see, now, I, I take that as my privileged time with them. It's the most awkwardest, awkwardest of times that my kids want to speak to me, my girls want to speak to me. But they want to speak to me. Sometimes our teenagers go off into their rooms but you know, I entrust their youth leaders, the people in this church, the influence that people have on my kids, not just me. Yeah. And I thank God for you. I but, really, really but didn't, do. But didn't we say in, in, when we were talking about this, and, this is, and, and everybody who's a parent here will know this, it was yesterday that your kids were the size of Elias. I mean, or, I, I, you know, that's, it was yesterday. I mean, that's how quick it goes. You know, it just, you know, yeah. that suddenly I can remember bringing Ruth and Abigail to church and they were that size and suddenly, you know, that before you know it, you know, they're 19 and answering your back, do you know what I mean? That's, you know, and, and so that, that time that, 
that you had because I, I remember because one of the questions people always used to ask me and and you know and it's a challenging one which is you know uh, how, how long do you make your kids come to church for and how long do you and that's always a real challenge because you know but I, you know and I've been asked this question many times over the 20 years of ministry I remember saying to one parent and and it's not a discouragement and it's not a judgment because I know there are people that are in here and that brought their kids to church every Sunday and all of this and I remember thinking you know if you make it optional for them when they're quite young you can never take that back you can never move the goalpost with it and the one other thing I remember saying to somebody which is very true which is you know you do only have them for a short time before they make their own choices because they get to an age where you know mom and dad we don't really want to listen to you we love you but we want to do our own thing and they become sort of teenagers you know that sort of age and sort of saying you know well we love you but we want to discover all of this for ourselves and other people have been there in that boat and i remember saying to another parent when they asked me about you know they didn't like coming to church or they like to be in the phone i said listen on a monday morning when they go to school and they don't like chemistry you know and they phone you up and say mom you know i don't like chemistry you know is there any chance you could come down and collect me keep me off chemistry are you going to go and get them no you know and i probably looked at it and thought to myself without and it's not a judgmental thing because we're all walking that line with our kids we're all in that sort of battle in the sense so you know listen as long as you can keep them coming to something you want to keep them coming to something that's it you know it's you know that's such a way you know it's, and it's not about oh because i've always been conscious of this that we don't you know my kids are not the example to the rest of the church there's sometimes and the old coach will know this yeah they call themselves pks which is pastor's kids you know and that's what they and then they end up sort of thinking they're not the example they're they're on their own spiritual journey do and they've got to do their own discovery and you know and i know when i was my kids were growing up it says much time because i was out every night uh, doing ministry you know and so I yeah, know we, that we made a decision if if one of us was out the other one was in ensuring um because i didn't have a family i didn't have babysitters you know um to mind my kids so i i i was at home you know and that was really hard because i was heavily involved in youth and stuff like that and i really loved it and i had to take a step back however god gave me my job was to be a mother and to look after what happened in the household and then begin to serve him because when you can look after what you've got at home then you'll be able to look after what's in his house and see we made a decision as a married couple as well from the very very outset um that we would have one day a week that would be ours you know um and our we still go on our date days we're 25 years married i probably love him more than when i first met him and i do i do and the thing about it is is they they are really really important times when you have children because your children will want your every woe they will suck the life out of you if you let them they will um and you will be there to meet their every need but we as a couple need time together as well you know god has created marriage and we are in our marriage together and time we have to spend so on a thursday night when abigail goes to youth like we i go i go shopping with matt and that might you might go shopping but we go round together we go in the car together we do certain things together 
you know, I know, I know. Yes, I love it, I love, I do. But date, date, you know. <laughs> that's not maybe a good example of yeah. a date day. But you know what? Husbands, look, charm that woman you've got, whether it's 25 years you've had her for, okay? You Some of those husbands are nervous now, yes. like, they're all like, hold on a day. But you know what? <laughs> Wives, look after your husbands as well. You know, do that also. I'm because time is very precious with them. Amen. Amen. I'll be recording this tonight because I'm playing that bit back, eh? <laughs> I think one of the other things we've talked about, and sometimes it's not about, oh, look at us, we, we do this. One of the things we've done earlier is that eating the dinner together and then talking after. Now, I love very early on when my kids came to church. I never asked them, and I, you're how did I preach this morning? What was I never ask them because they'll always tell me honestly. And so I stopped doing this about 10 years ago and never ask them anymore because uh, the one in particular, and you can guess which one, will tell me exactly what she thinks about my preaching and church. But I did that conversation around the dinner table and things like that because our, our family, it gets to the point whereby, you know, I, 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 as our families grow up, they do suddenly become not there anymore. They're sort of there, but they've got, you know, they're sort of, you know, I mean, I remember, and us, us fathers all, you know, we, we'll know this. I said, you know, I have two girls, they're both daddy's girls, you know, but there comes a point at one point where some young upstart comes into their life, <laughs> you know, and, you know, she needs something done, and I'll say, it's okay, I'll take you, and she says, it's okay, my boyfriend is taking me. And you know that bit there that just sort of says, and, and it's that making sure that, because it's just a relationship just changes, you know. And I, I'm very thankful that always that my kids are, are coming to church or playing on the, the, the piano and the worship team and stuff, because I know that decision could, could be lost in a moment. It could change in a moment. The, you know, the, the pandemic affected our kids and our young people more than any other generation. I think as a church, we have been, you know, that, that it just it hit them the hardest, I think, you know, because I think there's sort of that lack of social activity, that sort of, you know, suddenly they wanted, they're in their rooms all the time, more than teenagers usually are. And I think, you know, it's a challenge for the church to get back onto that. That's why we must give this young man and his team and Rebecca Hughes and all of that there are support, you know what I mean? Because one of the things, questions we'd asked to move on to, which was this, the, the church cannot replace or become the spiritual influence upon our children. And we talked about this, didn't we? Just, you know, they're making sure that... Yeah, my, my kids see me more than probably they would see you at church. So they would. Now, so I have the opportunity to be the influence, okay? And... They don't always listen to me. That's the thing. So that's where the family of God comes in. When I was growing up at 16, yes, I had a granny and granda. Yes, but I didn't have no spiritual. My, my granny and granda weren't Christians. So there was no spiritual input in me from home as a 16-year-old. However, I had a Maisie Hill who was way, way older. She wasn't a young, funky youth leader, which we have got these fantastic youth leaders. But I had a Maisie Hill. And so a Maisie Hill answered all my questions. And so like we've got a Nancy here, who's, is it 83 you are today, Nancy? Happy birthday to Nancy. Hey. You know, 
So we have our Nancys, our Mollies, our May Coates, all these people within the family of God. We've got our Jackies and our Michaels and all these people. And I tell you what, that's my Maisie Hill. That's who helped me spiritually. I, my, her, her daughter was Janine, and I used to go up to Maisie's house not to spend time with Janine, but to ask Maisie questions. And so for me as a 16-year-old, that was my greatest yeah. influence. That's where, Maisie, Maisie, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can you explain it to me? I didn't yeah. go home and ask my granny because she didn't know that. It wasn't that my granny wasn't doing the job as a parent. She was amazing. But there was this, so you have, and that's why it's really important to be in the family of God. That's why it's really important getting to know one another here. Because the influence of this family is bigger than what you will possibly ever realize. And so for me, um, that was really, really important. I remember sitting in the prayer meeting one night, and one of the wee ladies, she was a godly woman, but her son was an alcoholic. And she said every time he went out to drink, she would sit at the front door. When, so when he opened the front door, she'd be sitting on the floor, kneeling on the floor, praying for him. So when he walked in every, in the middle of the night, the morning when he walked in, he'd have to step over her. And then it was a lot, he, she continued to pray for him. And then one night in the prayer meeting, my son gave his heart to the Lord. Never, ever, ever think, oh, 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 my kids are too old. God's finished with them. He hasn't finished with them. He hadn't finished with that wee woman's son. He hasn't finished with their husbands. He hasn't finished with their sons and daughters. He hasn't finished with their family. And so when our roots started to go with that boyfriend who we were seeing was taking her in a totally different direction from where the Lord we could see where she was before, all in a quick swoop. All those years that we had input in her life, I began to pray and fast. And it's the most powerful weapon that a family can have is prayer and fasting. It was my last resort. And here, he dumped her, not the other way around, and I praise God for that. Do you know what I mean? Because he was going totally in the wrong direction. And I could see it. And everything I told her, she wouldn't listen to. But I tell you, when I got down on my knees and began to pray and fast for her. I think a spiritual influence yeah. of, the, of the church, where, which we're talking about. Because, I, I, you know, and, and I think for, for us, the heart of this church, and I must say this. Listen, the kids and the young people come in. They're messy. They're loud. They put your head away. There's times that they irritate you. But they're here. They're here. Yeah. That, to me, is the most important thing. I don't care how noisy they are, how many buns they eat, how many cans of juice, how much sometimes they just... I'll remind you that. Yeah, that's it. They're just, you like... I, I, but, but they're here. Yeah. And I always look at it, because I know from conversations I've had with people here, you know, their prayer is just wishing that their kids were still here, were still coming to church and stuff. And so we should never put off the kids and stuff. Are they loud? Do some of them need a good slap? Oh, yes, they do. You know, they're just... That's teenagers. But listen, they're here. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many churches closing down. And the reason they closed down is not because the people weren't faithful. It wasn't because the word wasn't being preached. It wasn't for all the spiritual reasons we can give. It's just once that generation died off, there wasn't another generation coming through. And so the spiritual influence that people have over the kids we need to and must encourage 
and stuff. We want it to be a place where the kids grow up and the young people grow up here and they feel comfortable growing up here. Probably another question before, which some people have sent some questions in. So, well, we've done two there. So we've done, um, give us a life lesson. Give us a lesson that you've learned in life, whether it's a marriage, family. Some people may wonder how you haven't smothered me in 25 years. So marriage, family, ministry, or your personal relationship with God. Is there a life lesson? Our God is faithful. You see, through the best of times and the most of difficult times, it's our God who sustains us. It's our God who is faithful. It's our God who upholds us. And it's our God who's with us. Now, when you're in the middle of that and you're living through that, you know, when Ruth went through her time in hospital, she was the healthiest child you would have ever met. She was the best runner. She was brilliant at everything. And our world turned upside down. But you know what? Our God was still faithful through it all. And he, he, you know, you come to him, to the cross, and not one of us is perfect. And tonight, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, he, he will be faithful to you. He will be the one who's at the center of your family more than anything. And you know, I couldn't do family without my God because I don't know where I'd be today. So put him at the center of your family. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior tonight, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't like to be doing it on my own. So I wouldn't, and he is faithful. Yep. Yep. That's just it for cover there. My life lesson, stick it out. God always keeps his promises. And I think that's, um, you know, and I think whether that be in, in, in marriage, whether it be family, at, at church and stuff, you know, I think as you got God just keeps his promises, you know. And as Athena said, most important, uh, you know, we're not here to sort of tell people how to, live your lives in a perfect way because that's not happening with anybody we've thrown the doors open to church here and said listen we want people to come in with the stuff that they're dealing with because we believe that god is the one that deals with the, the you know he's the best one to deal with the stuff that people have got going on in their life so as they come in and take a seat with the rest of us god is working stuff out with them and stuff but it's that it's that just keep trusting god and believing god that he's going to answer uh, the prayer. Whether that be your family, I, I, if there's one lesson I've learned with my two kids, it's this, I'm in very little control of what happens with them. So I learned early on just to simply, and I prayed it this morning over Elias, to put them into the hands of God. That's all, because they'll, they'll, they'll stop listening to me. I can't control everything that happens to them. There'll be times in their life that they're hurting and you can't do anything for them and stuff. But I'm so thankful then that I've got God that we can turn to. And he's the one that answers our prayers uh, for our family. And, thing. and if you've got unsaved members of your family and stuff, keep praying for them. Just simply keep believing and praying that God will answer your prayers. We've got some questions that people have sent in, so they remain anonymous, but we'll try and answer them. Uh, this one, question for Athena. Was there no good-looking guys in Belfast? You didn't see him 25 on, years Athena. ago. I'll answer this question. <laughs> you didn't see him 25 years ago. I used to go to the football pitch just to see his legs. <laughs> he 
had really good legs. They've got a bit older now, do you know what I mean? I'm not showing my legs in church and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. That answers that question. He's better looking now than he was back then. Aren't you? Thanks, love. All right. I've started picking his clothes. Yeah. Good question here. How early should our kids be serving in church? Well, as early as they want to. I mean, it depends what they want to do. I mean, if they're, if they're six and they want to lead worship, I don't think we're going to go there, like, but, you know, but as early as I want to. Uh, where's Corbin? Is Corbin's around somewhere? You know, the, we give Corbin, who's been doing the computer, the words at the back, and he was doing it for the last refresh lunch club, mm-hmm. which, like, like, I didn't know half the songs because they were from the 1800s, but Corbin... <laughs> Corbin was doing the words for that. So I think as young as I want to and stuff, but I think as a proviso, and Corbin represents this, he's in church. That's the key. To me, I have everybody telling me they want to do stuff, but I think the key is to be in church. And if you're in church, a young man here tonight with a set of drumsticks in his hand, I won't embarrass him, but, you know, and we, would, we need new drummers, and Reese has turned around and says, you go away and learn one of the songs that we play, uh, and we'll put you up there to play the drums. Now, okay, people may turn, oh, well, he's, maybe he's not ready. Well, of course he's not ready. He's only going to get ready by actually doing that. So I probably would say, when I was doing the kids and the youth work, we just threw, I mean, Denise, not to embarrass Denise, Denise was on the bus with me, looking after the bus with kids at 11 years of age, and none of the kids messed with her because Denise had knocked her molten, do you know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> So Denise was the best boss leader ever and stuff, but that was 11. And I'm looking at it thinking, and there were other examples and stuff. So we want your kids, kids to come to church, but we want them to get involved in church as well. Like, I mean, that's uh, why make them wait until they're old and ancient and have lost all interest, and then they're not interested anymore. Let, let's use them while they're here. There's things they can't do, we accept that. But there are lots of things that they can do. And we want to make sure they, they get that. That would be... Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that each of our children has their own unique talents and giftings. And if they hand that over to God and want, you know, God, take me, use me. That's what I said when I was 16. Take me, use me in the way that you can. And sometimes it's not always up front, you know, that God uses us. Um, and our kids, even the little choir last week in worship, what you're doing is developing that. When we did the... The shows and stuff like that, you know, Joseph, I mean, the people we found who were fantastic singers led into worship and all those things, because I think because I work in school every day and we're constantly picking out, yeah, he'd be good for that, he'd be good. But some of our kids might say, you know, I'd really love to try that. But tonight when I walked in and Matt said as well, we heard the drums, somebody playing on the drums, you know, just practicing. And I thought, there's a good one. You know, in, the back, in my head, you're always thinking of, who do, who do we develop next? But God raises up and brings those people along, and it's the opportunity. So maybe in youth, they're getting a chance to do. Um, and, and, and you see, and what's lovely is, I love when Caitlin gets up. I love, you, you see over the years, the development. When I look at the videos of Ashley playing, she sang at our Ruth's dedication. And you look at those wee videos when she was so young, and she wasn't perfect. And we look and go, look, isn't that brilliant? Isn't she a fantastic singer? I, I'm just thinking about a story there with yeah. Ashley. And Ash, Ash, when we started the youth worship team, probably about 13, 14 years ago, what they would do, 
is I would come and do one song at the end of a service. So I'm ready to do a full set. And I remember them doing a song one night. The song was called Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. And it still brings shivers down my spine now because that night they got up there and it was Rebecca Brown and it was Ashley. And it, it was just awful. It was just like, and, I'm, and, and I'm, they know this. So if they're watching, they've told this story hundred times. Them. And it, it was just, it, put it this way. Had I got up and sung with them, it wouldn't have made it any worse. That's probably the way. And I remember standing, and I remember afterwards people saying to me about, you know, you really shouldn't put them up there, and you really shouldn't, you young people, and Lewis. And, and I thought to myself, I thought, you know, there was a little part of me who thought maybe it's too early, maybe it's too soon. But then I realised, nah, no, it's not. Do you know what I mean? One, it couldn't get any worse. And two, they're now leading the worship in church. Every, because that's the only way they develop. Had we stopped them then and said, you know what, you're not ready. Well, of course they weren't ready. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of graciousness from some people in the church, some ungraciousness from some people in the church. But you get that in every church. And I thought to myself, I thought, no, let's keep them going because that develops them. And suddenly there was just something that just clicked and went one day where suddenly the team... And they just suddenly led, and, and the ones leading now are all out of that. They were all leading the, the youth and all of that, and still. And I always look at that, and I, I do stand up in, not with, not with a sense of pride, but more a sense of, you know, all the stuff we did. You know, we've seen these young ones come along and develop into the people that they are. And so, you know, I just think that influence there is really good. Our time has gone, love. Oh, do you want to add one last thought? You've got one minute. No. no, please add one. You have the final word. <laughs> you know you want to. Happy life, happy marriage. Uh, <laughs> happy wife, happy marriage. Um, no, I, I think the Holy Spirit came in to their lives, you know, and was doing his work in their lives. And um, we are reaping the fruit for that. And never underestimate what God is doing in each of the young people's lives. And never underestimate what God is doing yeah. in each of your lives. Because, yeah. you know, you're still here. He hasn't taken you to eternity. So he still has a purpose and plan for your life. So what I've found over the years is my role has changed. So I love doing small groups. Whereas before it used to be youth. You know, if there was ever anything that needed to be done, I would have put my hand up to do it. But sometimes God pulls you from one place and takes you to another place to develop you and grow you and take you to where he wants to take you. But you know what it is? Be available because your kids are watching. Yeah. Be available. They're watching. They're watching you. They're watching how he treats me or how I treat him. Nobody's allowed to say anything to him in our house. You know what I mean? It's always mommy's fault. But the thing about it is our kids know they're loved. They know that they're loved. And you know, love your children and love your husbands and wives tonight. Look after each other, you know, but realize you're not on your own. You've got God, the Holy Spirit and the Son of, Son of God, but you've got a family of God who are precious tonight. And if your child is maybe that lost son, that prodigal son, don't give up. Keep praying for them. Holy Spirit's still working. We, and I can't wait to see what the next generation has in store. There you go. Sorry. 
That's the longest minute ever, love, all right? <laughs> we, uh, we have the prayer team available tonight. So the prayer team is there at the, the back because, you know, there were issues going on with everybody's family and maybe we just touched something tonight that you just want prayer for. And it's, it's, there's no embarrassment here. There's no, say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to share that because people might think, listen, this is the place to give God the opportunity to do something. And, you know, so the prayer team is going to be available there at the back uh, after the service uh, this evening, okay? So we'll, they'll be there for now. We're going to carry on with these conversations. We're going to do uh, one in, in January now, February. We'll do once a month and stuff, but obviously different subjects. But what we're inviting you to do is this. Uh, if there was a particular subject you would like us to have a conversation about, and then it won't be the same people every month, but if there's a particular question you would like us to answer or a conversation that you would like us to have, uh, then please listen, get in touch with us, send us a message and say, you know, Matt, I think this would be one. We're, we're doing Romans 8, 28 at the next one, which is God's plan for good. How does that really work out in our lives when things don't always work out for good? And so we're going to be having a conversation about that and then we'll have a conversation with Reese and Rebecca Hughes about the, the youth and the church and stuff, where the youth fits in in 2023 it'll be and stuff we're going to have a conversation about easter so we're going to be doing these once a month but if there are questions that you have you can send them in they'll be anonymous we won't be saying somebody's asked this question and giving your name we just want to encourage people and try and answer some different things in a more informal way that we do we hope this has been helpful tonight and we hope that is uh been good uh, for you this year we're going to invite the team uh, to come up and lead us in a final short song and, uh, <laughs> no. and then Church, if you all want to stand as we close our service with praise.
family that's represented here tonight Lord God for those who have brothers and sisters and, and, and children who aren't here tonight Lord God we pray Lord that you would strengthen us all God to be an example and a witness to our friends and our family Lord pray to thank you for the, the blessing that you have given us with our church family here God and I pray you be with us in Jesus name